That's uh, a rock and roll bedtime stories bonus episode. And listen, sometimes we have to go directly to the source, the people who lived it. Uh, we like to talk about it. We like to research it. But sometimes you got to go to somebody who was a tour manager, who was a musician, who was a road manager, who was a regular manager. Is there anything, David Liebert, that you did not do in rock and roll? Male prostitute. I never got around to doing that. I may be too old to. I mean, I don't think there's really that much of a uh, of a market for old ball guys like me at this point. So. Well, the book is called Rock and Roll Warrior, My Misadventures with Alice Cooper, with Prince, with George Clinton, with Living Color, The Runaways, and more. That's quite the rap sheet. Uh, let's talk about you as a musician first, it, the band The Happenings. Tell, tell me how that starts. I found a few guys in Patterson, New Jersey. That's where I grew up. And we sort of like to hang out in the parking lot of the restaurant we we uh, frequented, <clears throat> or we would go to Sock Hops, which I guess would be the, uh, a rave would be equivalent of that without the drugs. <laughs> uh, and we used to hang out, and we noticed that, so there was three or four of us that, yeah, hey, we're pretty good at this. And uh, we, at some point, we just decided, uh, let's see if we can do something about it. We seem to be as good, if not better, than harmonize. You know, in those days, it, it there were vocal groups, singing groups, right, right. far more than there are bands, which is, you know, prevalent today. So we were a singing group, like, you know, so our thing was harmonizing. We thought we did it well. And uh, so uh, we decided to hit the streets of Timpan Alley. New York was only a dozen miles away from Patterson, New Jersey. And uh, we, uh, you know, if we walked into a uh, music publisher, we were songwriters. If we walked into a record company office or production company, <clears throat> we were in a singing group. Uh, and then finally one day we uh, we walked into the offices of uh, Bright Tunes Productions, a company owned by the Tokens, who are also a singing group, successful one, and they liked what they heard and they signed us. And uh, that's basically how we got started uh, as a professional singing group. Well, you point out in the book, and you really just pointed out right now, that you are a very savvy guy. From the very beginning, you were sort of always looking for the next move. If you go to one place, you're a songwriter. You go to another place, you're a singer. And so you do eventually find uh, that, you know, maybe the singing thing's not going to last forever. So you, you parlay this into the business side of music. Uh, tell me about how you meet Alice Cooper and how that happens. You know, I wasn't going to be a happening the rest of my life. There was a far more re, um, retentive quality in managing other bands. And so I was doing various things. Uh, I was working for an agency. At the time, I got a call from Johnny Podell, Alice Cooper's agent. That's how I learned about Alice Cooper. I was the road manager for um, a Rare Earth. I don't know whether you remember them. Or not. Oh, yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool guys. And uh I got a call from Johnny Podell, uh, Alice Cooper's agent, and said, they're looking for a, uh, a tour manager. Would you be interested? And um, I didn't know too much about Alice Cooper, but uh, uh, I got the job. And uh, I actually, after my first gig, I thought I made the biggest mistake of my life. 
<laughs> well, I mean, yeah, because I, there's being a tour manager for a regular act, and then there's being a tour manager for an act that puts on a show to the level of what Alice Cooper was doing every night. That's a lot of details, man. Right. And, and um, you know, my first impression of it all that first night was a bunch of wild-looking people crawling all over this equipment and gear like giant insects and the uh, and I said to myself, oh, God, what did I get into? But, you know, <laughs> Shep Gordon, the Alice's manager, look, he said, just pay attention, you know, observe. You'll get the hang of it. And by the end of the week, I did. I had a pretty good handle on it. And I said, yeah, maybe this wasn't the biggest mistake of my life. The- and uh, I did it for four years after that. And you mentioned Shep. Shep Gordon becomes a character in this book too, and it's great to hear your perspective and your your clear admiration for the for the great Shep Gordon. What's the thing that you think is most misunderstood or miscalculated in the media about Shep? I'm not sure that he's misunderstood at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, what what um, interested me was that how he reacted to things. Um, he didn't react emotionally unless he was calculating to be emotional. I'd never really seen it quite to that extent with people. Sometimes his reaction, uh, for instance, there was a promoter that did an awful job, no names mentioned, uh, and I was just furious. You know, I thought a ship would strangle the guy. Instead, he laughed. He goes, this is the worst <laughs> and he made the guy feel so humiliated, you know. I guess if Jeff got mad at him, you know, they'd get into some kind of argument. Well, you know, I tried real. But he didn't do that. He laughed at the guy. He says he, he pretended he was hysterical. And he humiliated the guy, and the guy felt shame. And then a few months later, Shep gave him another show, you know, told Johnny, give him another show. And boy, did this guy go all out to make sure that the show went perfectly, it was sold out. So Shep is a very calculated guy. I've never seen a mind work quite like that. And not only that, but he wasn't just a manager. He wasn't just an administrator. He was also a creative force. It was he and Alice together that came up with these wild things like a giant spider web or, you know, the guillotine or the electric chair or the hangman, you know, the gallows. Uh, yeah, he was, and I was lucky. He was my mentor. Pretty much everything I learned about the business, I learned from Chef Gordon. He was a very creative, uh, fascinating guy to watch. And uh, I was lucky I had a ringside seat to learn everything that I did learn. Johnny Podell, too, Alice's agent, is probably, you know, the best agent that ever lived. And I think I put in my book that uh, he was the world's greatest asker. He could ask for the most unreasonable things and make it sound perfectly reasonable. And if you didn't think so, you were just out of line. You know, between those two guys, I learned a lot. Yeah, I mean, that's what I love about the book, right? Is it's not just a, a, a bunch of crazy stories, but it is sort of this. You can feel your affection for all these different characters. So I don't want to give away all of the great stories in the book, but let's let's talk about Prince. We like to talk about Prince on this show. We've had plenty of guests on to talk about Prince on this show. Wait, tell me a little bit. Give the audience a little bit about your relationship with Prince. Well, I was um, managing Sheila E. at the time, and she was on the um, Purple Rain tour. She was the support act for the Purple Rain right. tour. So uh, I got to know Prince that way. Uh, I was never as 
close with him as I was with Alice or George Clinton, but he liked me and he, uh, he could be pretty rough with people in the way he, he dealt with them. You know, Alice ruled out of love. Prince ruled out of fear. People were afraid of him because, you know, and, but uh, he was very nice to me. And I think that had to do with the fact, first of all, that I was older than most of the people in his inner circle and that, uh, he had great admiration for George Clinton and Bootsy. You know, those are the acts that he grew up with. So he treated me very nicely. I, uh, uh, I, I, can't, uh, I can't say that, uh, that he did that with everyone else. He was pretty brutal sometimes, but he treated me great. I liked him. Well, it's funny because I think if you said, I worked with Alice Cooper and I worked with Prince, which one do you think ruled with fear and which one do you think ruled with love. I don't think people would guess what you just said, right? I, you know, because of their onstage personas. Uh, but that's, uh, that's really interesting. So this book is full of stuff like that. Um, well, I mean, why, why now? Are you, are you just, you're ready to give up some of these secrets? Are you, are you at a point where you're reflecting backwards and thinking about your life and you thought, hey, I might as well write it down? You know, I didn't think I, I was leading such an interesting, I mean, I knew it was cool. I was doing some cool things, but I was living it from day to day. You yeah, know? sure. It really didn't add up to a book. But my girlfriend, Angie, said, you know, uh, you could write a great book. You've done so, so many things in your life. You, you've got so many stories. There were so many events that you were privy to. So she was really the uh, uh, the, the impetus that uh, maybe, yeah, maybe I should write a book. And as I was writing it, I started to realize this could be good. Yeah. And uh, yes. I... I I started to recount a lot of stuff. As a matter of fact, there are things that aren't in the book. I purposely didn't put in the book because <laughs> I didn't want to throw anybody under the bus. Good for you. You're so nice. Well, I didn't want it to be this lasacious, tell-all, balls and tits flying all over the place. I, I didn't want it. To, listen, it's rock and roll, so there's a little bit of that in it, but not much. That, that I didn't want that to be the... Uh, you know, the flow of the book. Uh, uh, but, you know, uh, there are things that I, in retrospect, that I didn't put in the book that I probably would have if I had thought about it or remembered it. So, so am I going to write another book? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, it, uh, you know, most people don't realize it. A book is just, an. if you're going to do it right, it's, it's almost an overwhelming undertaking. It's and, massive, uh, yeah. I'm not sure I would ever want to go through that again. I'm glad I did. Yep. Yeah. But no, I don't think I'd ever do it again. Well, well you heard it here. You got to get it now. It's called Rock and Roll Warrior, My Misadventures with Alice Cooper, Prince, George Clinton, Living Color, The Runaways and More by David Lieber. David Lieber, thank you so much for being on the show today. Appreciate you, man. Brian, it's my pleasure. And uh, hope, uh, you know, our paths will cross uh, once again. The book is actually officially coming out tomorrow, so... Pretty good timing. Yes. All right. Go grab it now. Uh, it is Rock and Roll Warrior, David Liebert. Thanks again, man. Have a good one. Thank you, Brian. You too.